This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. Today, our topic is networking. Our guest is Rebecca Leader, who is a senior manager at Salesforce, where she has lots of opportunities to bring people together. Rebecca will tell us about her new book called Knock, which presents a framework for connecting with people in meaningful ways. She will share her five-part method for making authentic connections, connections that can be mutually helpful and that sometimes grow into long-time supportive relationships. She'll talk about how and why relationship building is so good for you. Rebecca, thanks so much for being here today. Networking is a topic that I love and that uh, we often have guests who love too. It's such a an important theme for anybody who's really interested in career building. And But not everybody can be as uh, methodical and articulate about it as you. So it's, it's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, and we're going to get deep into your book. But, but first, could you just tell us something about your past and how you got so interested in networking? Yes, thank you, Bev. Uh, thanks for having me. And I will say that I think a common theme throughout my career has been uh, relationship building. So I kind of swapped the word networking with relationship building, which actually requires us to slow down. It sounds a little bit nerdy, um, but but I've also moved uh, several times as a young adult and as an adult. And I think living in different cities and sort of um, thrusting myself into new environments has um, has opened my mind and given me confidence to be in a room with people that I don't know and try to find a bit of a common ground and a, a casual vibe um, to sort of break down those barriers that might be, you know, in a, in a professional setting when you first enter a meeting or in, in, enter a Zoom. So I think um, moving and, and being exposed to lots of different situations uh, personally and professionally um, really inspired um, the, the interest in learning not only how to uh, communicate effectively to what I say open doors that may lead to partnerships and career opportunities, but also um, to cultivate relationships that can lead to places that we, we could never imagine. Well, I, I agree with you that it's um, networking is all built on relationships. And I think a lot of people find the term networking creepy and icky and they don't want to do it because it feels manipulative. So I keep using the word because I know we're going to go on and explain how you are absolutely right. It's about building relationships and that might start with um, connections of all sorts. So connections is another word that creeps people out sometimes because it sounds inhuman, but um, it's not. It's it's a way of uh, talking about a big category. You use the word connection. So what do you mean when you're talking about connections in the book and um, in, in your own professional life? Yes. So uh, connection. So I talk about my work being at the convergence of, of compassion and connection at work. And uh, it really can take so many forms. So a connection can simply be 
just a brief meeting that you had with someone or a quick exchange you had at the beginning of a Zoom um, or at the end of a Zoom, but it could also be a deeper connection with a mentor, with a manager, with a team member, with a colleague, with a client, uh, with a prospect, with a startup um, investor. So there's so many types of career relationships. So connection to me uh, is is broader, um, similar to you mentioned, you know, networking, it does feel icky. There's some research that says people feel like they need to take a shower after networking, because it just feels there's this agenda behind it. But um, that's why I think the, the focus on relationship building and truly connecting um, to me is about um, bringing business to a human level. So it's not about the agenda. It's about what's important to that individual. Um, as a person, and what what experience do they bring to the table, bring to the room, in addition to or above and beyond what their role title is, or what you know they came to the meeting for today? So, uh, so I I tend to sort of take off those um, those pressure points of you know, networking with an agenda or connection. I have to make a connection and just think about how can I get to know this person as a person. And in the in the career setting, which um, which doesn't always happen because when we're in a professional setting, there might be some you know obligations or standards or expectations that we have to appear a certain way or or speak a certain way. And there are cultures and you know and organizations um, where we we do sort of follow those norms. But how can we just connect with other humans is really how I look at the connection piece. Well, that is really what it's all about. When when we're talking about connection, sometimes we use it in the context of an online platform or um, a email or things like that. And those um, ways of talking can sometimes sound kind of one-sided and it's easy to forget that we are really trying to build a bridge to another human being. So any kind of uh, communication that reminds us that we're connecting with humans, it really um, makes a lot of sense. I think an, another thing that people are sometimes a little bit creeped out about because they're afraid that networking, connecting, relationship building, all of those things aren't authentic. If they're intentional, they're, they're a little, they feel a little shy about being methodical on how they build relationships in their career. But I, I think anything that you manage is more likely to be succeed, and including the way you connect with other people. So I like that you've come up with a very methodical, um, specific kind of framework that people can use in the context of their career to kind of keep themselves on track. So before we get into your your methodology, would you tell us about the kind of situations um, that you found it to be helpful? I know you do a lot of workshops and things. Who are the people who are have been exploring your methodology and finding it useful? And what kind of situations? So I say that the knock method is for career growers, career builders, and career changers. So um, the the growers are those who are developing their career. Maybe you work in a company and you want to grow within that company or within that realm or that industry. The career builders are students and entrepreneurs. They're they're building something from the ground up from the beginning. And career changers, people who are sort of at a junction or they're making some sort of adjustment to their career path. They're making a change in direction. And so those are the points where um, I find we are... 
um, needing more support. That's where relationships and, and building truly a network of individuals that we can contribute to and we can um, you know, help each other out um, and also a, a great source of information and, and insight. So um, a lot of, of, of where I think this methodology is applied is when we're exploring and we're gathering information. Informational interviews are a huge source of, um, of valuable uh, knowledge that we wouldn't have otherwise because we can speak to a human, we can speak to someone else to learn more about their industry, their role, um, you know, what is what does the role that's listed mean beyond the job description, or what is the culture like that you can't see on you know on the website? Uh, and so, a, a lot of this is about discovery and research. It's also about preparation. And so, um, you know, you mentioned that some people may feel like it's too methodical and it doesn't feel authentic. And to that, I would say um, a lot of the reason why. I I developed the knock method was to build confidence. And I've noticed in my own career experiences and in others in workshops and um, you know events where people have asked questions is they're overwhelmed and we don't know where to start and we just kind of freeze up. So it really is sort of to, to give us that guide. Okay, here's where I can start. And I noticed that when we feel, when we're more prepared, we feel more confident. So, for example, I started um, my full-time job at my uh, current global technology company over six years ago remotely. I started remotely and, you know, I joined this huge company of, I think it was maybe 40,000 employees at the time all over the world. And I was thinking, how am I going to build a network here, right? How am I going to know people when I, I'm not going to meet them in an office? And this is a place to start. So preparation, research, gathering information, connecting on a human level um, it can just be, you know, you enter a room and you don't know anyone there, or it can be that you're trying to figure out what your next move is in your career and connecting with individuals who can help you, you know, help light the way for you and your, and create that path uh, can be really valuable. I agree. And I, I think a, a possible audience for your book might be workers who've been around for a while. Maybe they uh, are ready to transition out of their peak career and they're thinking of, an alternative to retirement. There seems to be a lot of that going around these days for people starting in their 50s. They want to shift gears and they're not comfortable um, with the idea that they're going someplace where they're not experts. Uh, and I thought that your method with its emphasis on research and um, kind of knowing yourself and knowing your audience might be a really good book for them. So, so let's get into it. I, I, it's kind of you to go through your methodology for us. I, I love your five points. Would you just kind of um, walk us through? I bet we have listeners out there who would love to kind of get a sense of how the method works. And uh, I'd appreciate it if, if you'd go through the five points. Yes, thank you. So I'll give a little a little taste here. Uh, so um, the first letter of each step spells out the word knock. So that may, hopefully makes it a little bit easier to kind of carry with you and, and remember when, you, when you're in a moment of need. Um, but the, fir the first step is about knowing yourself and, and knowing, knowing uh, your contact or your contact in this case could be a potential company you might want to work for, but first we need to do some research to figure that out. Um, it could be, um, as I mentioned, your manager, it could be a, a potential mentor, it could be your mentee. There's so many types of relationships. And so we really want to know who those people are. For instance, 
I listened to your podcast before I came on. So I know more about how your conversations go. I know more about your um, your background and the book that you have coming out this year. Congratulations, Beth. Thank you. And we can connect on Yes, yes, we can connect on those things because I'm walking into a conversation with that knowledge and I also feel more confident because I, I'm not going to be blindsided, right, um, by who I'm speaking with. It's a conversation. So knowing yourself and knowing um, your contact and also knowing your topic. So it's just like any, um, you know, any um, age old sales uh, experience where, you know, you have to know your product because if you're going into a room and someone's going to ask you questions, you have to know what you're talking about. Of course, you don't have to know all the, all the answers. You might want to say, let me follow up on that or I'll have to get back to you. But um, we want to know uh, what it is that we are going to be talking about. And so having some answers in our back pocket in advance, prepared um, for that individual, specifically for that individual, what will they be interested in? Um, and so kind of preparing what those, I like to say, those FAQs, those frequently asked questions, have those in your back pocket. So that's the first step. The next one is, is about, uh, not about me, that's about focusing on other people and other organizations and, and what we can do together. It's about impact. So instead of, you know, um, I'm looking for a job in this industry, it might be, I noticed you've been in this job for about five years in this industry. Would you be willing to share your career path? Maybe we have some shared interests. So it's the same message, but you're shifting the conversation to be about the other person. Uh, it's also about um, if you're coming from the same experiences, how you can partner to make an impact on, on customers or, um, you know, uh, create something new and have an even bigger impact together. So that's, that's about shifting focus off yourself. Um, the O and own it is about uh, authenticity. It's also about pouring your energy into that preparation and investing in relationships up front. Um, so again, I, I listened to, to this podcast in advance and I wanted to really understand um, what would be a meaningful conversation today. Similarly with individuals I had the privilege of interviewing for the book, I, um, I went to their talks, I went to their conferences, I um, you know, bought their books. Um, and it's not always about, about that with, with high profile speakers, but if you're meeting with a manager, if you're meeting with an executive, um, can you get a sense from their team what's important to them or what their personality's like? One time I had a conversation with someone, I, they were kind to make time for me. And I said, I'm meeting with your executive today. Um, what should I expect? What, what, what am I walking into? What is going to be important to them? And this individual said, sometimes they ask a lot of questions and people think that they, you know, that, that they, they're quizzing them and, and that they're, they're, not, they're not able to get their, their point across or they don't understand them. And it's truthfully, this person just, that's how their, their style is. They ask questions they think about it and you'll see towards the end, something's going to click. And that's exactly how the meeting went, but it prepared me and I felt much more confident going into it. So investing in relationships early and upfront and also being able to say, you know what, I've never done this before, but I'm willing to learn. And this is why I'm here. I'm going to bring this kind of value to the table. So it's okay to share your weaknesses and, and your human, you know, your humanality, <laughs> that's a word, but who you are um, as a person, your, your personality should shine through. And the last two steps, uh, commonality is really about shared interest. Uh, I find that even with people who are at very different levels um, in an organization or years of experience uh, difference, 
commonality really can unlock that door um, and make it a lot more personal. And also take that sort of edge off, that defense mechanism that comes up when it's like, oh, someone's reaching out to me. What do they want? And then lastly, keep giving generosity, gratitude, um, you know, give to your to your relationships. And it doesn't have to be in a professional way. You might be in an interview where someone says, oh, I'm traveling to your city next month. And you say, oh, I have a great restaurant recommendation for you. Like, it doesn't have to be so transactional all the time. So how can we help people out along our journey um, and not only receive? Well, I have some questions about some of the points. One of them, you just mentioned the word um, transactional. And I, I think that part one of the things I liked about your book is that you made it clear that there's a difference between something that's totally transactional and something that's really about relationship building um, and that it's good to have the relationship always in mind. Can you talk a little bit about the, the trap of falling into transactional thinking when you're making connections and, and how to keep focusing on relationships and why that's so important? Sure. Well, first I'll say, there are situations that are transactional in nature, especially in the professional world. And, and that's what makes it difficult to fall into that trap because looking for a job, it is transactional. A company has a need, you have a skill set, you have something to contribute, and you are looking to make a living, presumably, right? So there, there is a bit of a transactional exchange there. However, the key is you have something to contribute and I think a lot of times when we go into something like an interview, um, we're so concerned with, are they going to like me? Are they going to hire me? Right? Which is, that's what we want, right? We're excited to have that, that opportunity, that validation. And, and in many cases, we need that um, to, to have our livelihood. And, you know, I was in a workshop with, with some emerging professionals, young professionals, and, and we talked about this notion of, of um, connecting on a human level and, and commonality. And they said, I never really thought about hiring managers as people. Like I never really thought about what they do on their weekends, right? And it, it because we get in that transactional mindset, and so that's natural. So that's the first piece is totally normal to think that way. And and some situations are that way. Um, I think where you can counteract that is a good place to start is is in our language, um, in our cover letters when we reach out to someone for an informational interview, maybe we're deciding if we want to apply for an opportunity or maybe we're reaching out to a client or prospective client and we think they might be a, a good you know, candidate to be one of our clients, but we're not sure yet. And so we should leave the door open or try to open the door in a human level. Like, you know, what can you bring to the forefront that's common? What, why are you reaching out to them in the first place? Presumably you did some research and said, I noticed that your company's growing in this direction. We're also, we have some new services to help companies who are growing in this direction. Would you be open to a conversation? Like, or we live in the same city or, um, you know, we have a similar background or so-and-so, our mutual contact said that you might be interested in this kind of thing. So how can you bring commonality to the forefront to open the door? And then the trick is, it's a bit of a balance and it takes some practice. How do we open the door and, and be curious? And say, I'd love to learn more about your business and what your challenges are right now. Because what might happen is when they answer that question, they could have a completely different challenge than you had, you know, expected in your mind. 
but that gives you an opportunity to then come to the table with a different solution that might be even better for them. So sometimes we pigeonhole ourselves into an opportunity when we think we know the answer up front. So it really is about getting to know the person and coming from a place of curiosity. And this has happened to me countless times where I had you know, sort of a rough agenda or a thought of where I thought the conversation would go. Um, and it turns out, um, you know, they asked me a bunch of questions. And then I said, I'd love to learn more about your business. And all of a sudden they said, well, you know, we're actually looking for XYZ. And it was totally different than what we had, um, you know, originally connected with. So point being, um, you know, connect on a human level to open the door through commonality and then see if you can leave the door open and be curious to see where the possibilities may lead. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Are you ready to make a difference in the world? The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University can give you the skills to do just that. The school offers a multidisciplinary approach where public policy, environmental studies, and entrepreneurship come together to educate tomorrow's leaders. Learn more about the Master's in Public Administration or Environmental Studies by visiting ohio.edu backslash Voinovich School. Well, commonality is a, is a great way to signal that you're interested in the person and that you're interested in maybe a longer term or at least a more real relationship. And it's, it is, um, as people practice it, they get more adept, I think, in triggering um, that sense of connection that uh, another pe- person might feel when you signal that, that you have something in common. Um, one of the ways to do that is with um, signaling that you're in the same kind of community, uh, like you went to the same school or you lived in the same city. Is that something that um, that you practice a lot is, is trying to kind of perceive people in communities that might be shared? Does that work for you? That does work for me. And I find that there are several benefits to doing that. One is that the other person is immediately says, oh, we have this shared interest. So we know we're going to have at least one thing to talk about if we connect. And the other is that I feel more comfortable because I am coming from a place that's familiar. So your community can be just, you know, it can be very broad. It can be, I'm in this industry or I'm creative, right? It doesn't have to be a role or a city or, you know, a, a small, small community. You know, we, I volunteer at this particular organization. It can be, but you can think broader. Um, and that can be commonality too, is, you know, I noticed that you um, are, are really creative with the content that you put out on your Instagram channel. Did you know that I'm a photographer, right? Like you can, you can say like, oh, I'm a, I'm a creative too. I'd love to, to get your thoughts on, you know, how do you, how do you create your content? So these are just examples I'm kind of throwing out there, but um, you know, your commonality can be a community and your community can be very, very big. Yeah. And we're all part of so many communities that sometimes we're not even aware of. So looking for those communities can help. But in, in the example um, you gave there, um, when you, uh, you notice that somebody's 
focusing on some kind of content or something like that. You're doing something else that helps build connections. And that is you're letting the other person know that you've seen them. It's not just that you've done research, but we go through life, I think, often feeling kind of invisible lots of times. And anytime a person can let us know that they see us or they've noticed something, you've listened to my podcast, I've read your book, it, it is um, a sense of, of commonality and that can go quickly to a real feeling of uh, connection. I mean, just in seconds, isn't it? Yes, it's, it really is amazing. And I agree with that. I think people, this, you know, I say the idea is to answer the question of why me? Why are you reaching out to me specifically? And so I mean, people may not ask that question, but if you can answer that up front, that means you've, you've, you've done your research, but also you're being selective with who you're reaching out to because you think there's something you can contribute to each other. Um, there can be a, value, a mutually, mutually beneficial um, valuable interaction and potentially relationship there. And trying to figure out uh, where the commonality is and how you can help is sort of part of the process. Keep giving is so important. And it's really kind of a, a mindset, isn't it? That you, you go through life kind of looking for things that other people need or want and just trying to be aware of how to help. Is, is that sort of a mindset that... And you're, when you're working with, say, maybe uh, younger professionals or in your workshop, you're trying to help people develop a, a mindset that giving just is a way um, that anybody can um, connect it because it's not about you. It's about the person and everybody else needs something, right? Yes. I mean, there have been meetings where I, I've, you know, met with leaders um, in our organization and and they were having a rough day and they just started talking about the problems they were having and you know and I kind of said well maybe I can help <laughs> you know it was just like oh you know they're like oh I'm just complaining I'm like no no well maybe, maybe there's maybe you have something here and I can help you with it or we talk about you know compassion I talk about compassion in the book too um, which is you know responding to suffering um, or and so in I give an example where a a coworker gifted me a book about healing um, when I was was healing from from a difficult situation, and then weeks later, another colleague told me she was dealing with something similar. And so, I after I read the book, I made some notes what I thought she would be you know find helpful because I knew she didn't have time to read the whole thing, and I sent it to her in the mail. So that was another form of giving, and um, there are are so many ways to give, um, give to our network. Recently, I, I have a one-on-one, uh, which we call them one-on-one sort of virtual coffee with a colleague. I used to work very closely with day to day and we just sort of kept it on the calendar to catch up and see how each other was doing. And, you know, that particular day, I just thought, Oh, we'll, we'll just, how's your week? How's your weekend? You know, kind of thing. And turns out he had applied for another role. And right before, like right before our call found out that he wasn't going forward in the interview process. And, all of a sudden, giving was just sort of listening and then and then giving him some reassurance that you're going to find the next best thing and the feedback they gave you is just going to lead you to the right opportunity at the right time. And and it was friendship. It wasn't really a work exchange. It was a friendship exchange. And so giving can take so many forms, even in, in a professional context. 
and giving and having those kind of connections, like the conversation you described, you you point out that it's not just about getting a job or uh, moving ahead in your career, although that's the context that you've been talking about relationship building here. You you make the important point that having a social network, having relationships with real people or part of your lives is is incredibly important for health and well-being of all sorts. It's part of the um, benefit of this relationship building. Maybe it puts you in better, healthier shape to do well in your career if you want to take it back. It's. Do you find that people who you're working with in workshops and elsewhere are, are really focused on um, the, the job search or the uh, career growth, or is part of what drives people to this is just an awareness that we're happier and healthier if we have relationships? I think the initial interest is is sort of the career aspirations, which is great because it's everyone's inspired at that point. They, they, they're looking for direction. They're looking for inspiration and tools to figure out how to get from point A to point B, which this can facilitate. Um, and potentially expedite, in, but in, but in a quality way, um, and and then it convert then it converts to or it evolves into, wow! And I never thought about how hiring managers are people too, or I never really thought about that this is good for us. Uh, so it does broaden the perspective, even if the initial um, draw is you know, is, is our, our goals and our aspirations and, and what we're looking to achieve. Um, so I'm, I'm excited and proud of that perspective, which was hugely shaped by a mentor of mine, Dr. Jane Dutton, whose research on compassion is prominently featured in NOC. Um, and, and her one-on-one interactions with me and mentoring conversations opened my eyes too to the impact that this mentality can bring to all of us. So if each of us is coming to relationships with this broader view in mind of how can we contribute, we can help each other, we can partner for a greater impact and help more people, um, that that the the ripple effect is much greater than simply, um, you know, how do I get a job and, and, and meet some people in my network along the way? Well, a lot of people probably do know that relationship building is so important in their lives as well as their careers. And I think many of us know it, but sometimes it's a little scary to try. Sometimes um, people are reluctant to reach out, not because they don't think it's important, but because it can be a little frightening. Do you um, encounter people who are sort of struggling with a fear of reaching out, and do you have any suggestions on on how people can work past that? Yes, uh, one individual I spoke with just said, "I have a debilitating fear; like I just can't get past this fear." Right? Um, and we just talked about how here's a guide, here's a t- literally a template on how to write a message to someone you haven't met before, which by the way, requires you to then kind of go back and do more research and then pick out the commonality and and figure out how you want to craft the message. But all of a sudden, if you go through something like that, again, your confidence will emerge and the fear will subside slowly because you have, you've prepared and you feel like 
you know what you're kind of up, coming coming you're coming you're coming up against um and I don't actually see it as against anything it's just you kind of know what to expect um and then there was another individual I spoke with who who said I'm just so afraid that of rejection and um I said well of the people that you've reached out to how many have have said flat out no <laughs> you know and then he thought about it and he said nobody <laughs> like maybe there was one or two that just didn't respond or they were busy or had competing priorities, which happens all the time. It's human interactions here that we're speaking about. Um, but when he thought about it, it didn't, it hadn't actually played into fruition. So I think it's like fear of anything is we, we, we have these fears for whatever reason. And it, you know, um, if we, if we break it down into more manageable pieces and we have some action, small actions we can take to get there. Um, it also takes practice. And so maybe reaching out to people and sort of putting this into practice with individuals where the stakes aren't so high, it's not really about a job that you have to have. It might be a, you know, informational interview, a coffee chat, someone, you know, a family friend that you've kind of always wanted to know what their career has been like, or, you know, test it out with people where you don't feel as, um, as nervous. Um, and maybe it's more familiar and the more you do it, I do think, um, that confidence builds. So I've reached out to some very prominent people throughout writing the book, um, you know, using the knock method and being intentional and doing my preparation almost every time it's been favorable, even if they couldn't help me at that time, they've at least responded. Um, or if I had to follow up once or twice, but, um, each time, every time I was kind of still shocked that I did hear back. And then I said, I can do this. Like, okay, then the next one got a little bit easier. Um, and, and each one is just a unique opportunity to connect with someone new. So I think then when you see the, what comes of it, the, the outcomes and where it leads, then, then it, it flips from fear to excitement that you can open the door and you can partner with new people and bring value to individuals or organizations that you maybe wouldn't have um, had the opportunity to 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 connect with had you not put forth that effort. Well, I I, I think you've described um, a couple of good strategies, two very good tips that we might leave uh, our listeners with today. One is um, I've noticed what you've noticed that's the fear of rejection is often much worse than a negative response from some person you don't even really know anyway. It's so. The fear is is probably it may be the problem more than the activity and a way to get past that. The the other point that you made it so important is you can practice wherever it's easy. You can practice um, talking to somebody next to you in the coffee line if we're back in coffee lines again. You can practice in situations where you're comfortable and the more you practice, the easier it gets, right? Absolutely. And I'm just reminded also of a quote from one of my favorite um, new authors, Alex Carter. Her book, Ask for More, is phenomenal um, about negotiation, not necessarily salary negotiation. It's more about sort of steering your direction in your life. And she says that no is not about you. It's the other person's either busy, they have other priorities, or or it is possible they, they kind of don't see the value. They don't understand what it is that you're trying to communicate, in which case you can hopefully have the opportunity to sort of reframe it or go back and refine your message. But that takes the pressure off of us. Like we, we tend to think like, oh, they didn't respond because I did X, Y, Z. And it might just be that they have some other busy thing happening in their world. And so, um, so understanding that takes a little bit of that pressure off. 
and learning that there's no need to take it personally. Uh, just as sell them yeah. about you. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing all of this. Again, the title of the book is Knock. The whole title is Knock, How to Open Doors and Build Career Relationships That Matter. I wish you well with the book, and uh, I want to thank you again for uh, being with us here today. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. Today, we've been talking with Rebecca Leader about how to methodically build mutually supportive relationships. I'm your host, Bev Jones, author of Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO. Today's tip is that when you feel awkward about networking, you can build confidence by doing some research and practicing in situations where you already feel comfortable. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy our show, please tell your friends. Thank you.